This podcast has been brought to you with the support of Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. With a Wise account, you can send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Whether you're traveling through Asia, freelancing in France, or buying that dream property in Oz, Wise is the easy way to connect all your finances internationally. You can even send money home to mum in minutes. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com. Kia ora. I'm Damien Venuto. It's March 7th and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. Half of mortgage holders in Aotearoa will take a hit of hundreds of dollars as they refix their interest rates within the next 12 months. This will heap financial pressure on homeowners at a time when house prices are also steadily declining. Amid all of this, business confidence is also on the slide and bosses are starting to pull back on hiring new staff. So how much will this mortgage shock hurt? Will renters end up being hit the hardest? And when can we expect to start seeing things turn around? Today, Westpac's senior economist Satish Ranchod crunches the numbers on the big economic squeeze heading our way. Satish, the media has given us a play-by-play of the Reserve Bank's steady increases of the official cash rate. Where are they currently sitting and how much higher are they likely to go? The official cash rate is currently at 4.75%, and that's the highest it's been since 2008. Now, right now, even with the big increases that we've seen in the cash rate, inflation's running hot. The Reserve Bank has signaled that the cash rate is going to continue rising. I think it's going to reach a peak of 5.5% in the middle part of this year. The official cash rate informs the interest rates that banks charge their customers. So how high are they at the moment, and how much higher can they possibly go? There's not a one-to-one translation between the official cash rate and those borrowing rates that householders face. What matters there is what the Reserve Bank is expected to do. And right now, with the Reserve Bank signalling clearly that rates are on the rise, that's already largely priced into borrowing rates. I think what's important there is what happens to inflation. If that keeps surprising the Reserve Bank to the upside, they could have to raise rates by even more. Monetary policy does tend to be quite esoteric at times. Can you explain the impact the rise in interest rates will likely have on homeowners currently paying their mortgages? For homeowners who currently have mortgages, those big increases in the official cash rate do signal an increase in their debt servicing costs. But there's a bit of a catch there. In New Zealand, most of us are on fixed mortgage rates. So even though interest rates have been rising for a year now, a lot of households wouldn't have felt it. But that is going to change over the coming year. In fact, over the next 12 months, about half of all mortgages will come up for repricing and many borrowers will face large increases in their mortgage interest rates, in some cases around 2 to 3 percentage points. What does that look like for a household? Can you give us a, a sense of what a household, say, with an $800,000 mortgage might be experiencing if that happens? For an average household across the country, the increases that we're seeing in mortgage rates could see their fortnightly payments rising by about per fortnight in most regions. In Auckland, where house prices tend to be a lot higher, that increase could be more like $900 a fortnight. That's going to be a big bite out of families' disposable incomes. 
looking at going from 3.5% to the high sixes, which is you know a significant and sharp increase. And given we're relatively new homeowners with not a huge amount of the um, principal loan paid down, that equates to the neighbourhood of about $2,000 extra a month. The impact of this won't be uniform across all households, so who will end up paying the most for these sharp increases in interest rates? The borrowers who face the largest increases will be those with the largest mortgages. Now those tend to be families who are a little bit older, they tend to have higher levels of income and savings. But right now we've also seen a large number of families getting into the housing market for the first time just over the past couple of years. And I think those families could face some particularly tough financial pressures. Not only are they seeing interest rates rising, but they haven't had the same chance to rebuild their savings rates. And in many cases, they would have seen the value of their house dropping substantially. That signals a lot of pressure on their finances. I suppose inequality in New Zealand is already very high. So are we likely to see a domino effect where this pushes that even higher? There's not a clear translation between interest rate changes and inequality in the economy. If you think about when interest rates rise like they do now, well, that's adding to debt servicing costs, but it's also pushing house prices down. That's helping affordability in one way. On the other hand, if you have low interest rates like we've had for the past few years, you actually see very large increases in house prices. That's a big challenge for a lot of families. Ultimately, if we want to address affordability and inequality in the economy, it's going to be quite a complex problem for us to address. Interest rates alone won't do it. So major banks do have a stress test that they apply to giving mortgages to applicants. At what level is that stress test sitting and how close are we getting to the higher side of those estimates? Those stress tests do change over time depending on where we are in the cycle. The key thing is when you apply for a mortgage, you're not going to be tested at what interest rates are going to be doing to your finances when they're extraordinarily low. It's going to be more a test of can you still meet that debt when interest rates rise or if they're a bit tighter. And in most cases, that should mean that families are coming into the current debt position with a bit of a financial buffer, which should help to mean that they get through the current change in financial conditions with a little less pain than it would have been otherwise. Given that that changeover could see some households paying $900 more a fortnight, could we see more New Zealanders lose their homes in the coming year? What we have seen is an increase in the number of households who are coming under financial pressure. But that's after that fell to extraordinarily low levels over the past few years when we had strong economic growth. Essentially, it couldn't go much lower. As interest rates push higher, we do think that more families will face some financial pressures, but we're coming into the slowdown from a strong position with high levels of employment. That'll help to buffer households during this period. A lot of the focus at this point has been placed on mortgage holders, homeowners, as they are the first in the firing line, but Aotearoa also has a large proportion of renters. So will they likely also feel a flow-on effect from these rising mortgage rates? I think it's very likely. Even though renters aren't directly exposed to those changes in interest rates, their landlords potentially are. And when landlords face increases in costs, they'll often pass that through into rents. And over the past few years, we've already seen some big increases in rents, especially in our larger centres. I think that's going to remain the case over the year ahead. Cyclone Gabriel and the other storms that we had over the summer have had a massive effect on the country. The severity and the breadth of the damage that we are seeing has not been experienced in a generation. What impact will this likely have on inflation and how long it lingers? 
I think that these storms will have quite a material impact on an inflation, especially in the near term. A lot of that's due to food prices. They're going to rise due to the damage to crops. But we'll also see increases in the prices of things like vehicles, insurance premiums, maybe even local council rates. Now, while that will add to inflation, I don't think the Reserve Bank is going to respond with higher rates. That's because this isn't an ongoing boost to inflation. And in the case of food prices, we'll eventually see it easing back as growing conditions improve. What's more of a concern is that there's going to be a lot of spending over the next few years related to reconstruction. That'll boost demand. It'll also boost inflation. Even then, I don't think the Reserve Bank will respond because we've already had a big increase in interest rates. That's going to help contain inflation more generally. During the pandemic and the after effects of that, there was a big debate about whether inflation would be transitory or whether it would be longer lasting. Are we now at risk with these storms of having that debate all over again? I think what the big issue for inflation will be is going to be how strong demand is. While we could see some boost related to the storms, the real issue is that if demand is continuing to run hot, inflation pressures are likely to remain strong. That's why the Reserve Bank's hiking rates to dampen domestic demand down and get inflation back to more sustainable levels. When do you think we can expect interest rates to start coming down again and what factors will determine how quickly that happens? Before the Reserve Bank really looks at cutting interest rates, they're going to want to see that demand is cooling and inflation is on a downwards trajectory. And I think the conditions for that are already baked in. Interest rates have risen strongly. That'll weigh on economic activity and inflation over the year ahead. I think the Reserve Bank's probably going to look at beginning to reduce the official cash rate in the early part of 2024. The Reserve Bank's OCR moves have been described as a bit of a blunt instrument in that its effect tends to hit poorer New Zealanders harder. Are there any alternative economic approaches that we could perhaps use to temper inflation? Interest rates do tend to have quite a wide-reaching effect on the economy, but that's often what we're trying to do when we're leaning against inflation. Inflation is really a widespread change in prices, and we need to have a widespread dampening impact to get that under control. There are other methods we could look at to control prices, like direct government control of certain prices, but those tend to be quite inefficient. They can tend to result in some unwanted distortions in the economy. Ultimately, while interest rates can have a blunt impact, I think they're probably the best way, but we might want to look at other policies to support households during tough times. I think the biggest problem with interest rates rising is the shock that it gives to homeowners, right? So in other countries like the US, homeowners are often able to lock in set interest rates over a much longer period. What would it take for New Zealand to adopt something similar? Those lifetime mortgages are really only used in a few countries like the US. And in those cases, they really function because there's a government backstop for the risk involved there. Now, that's quite important because it basically means a lot of the risk is carried by taxpayers. And as we saw in 2008, those risks can really blow up. It can actually put a lot of cost onto the public more generally. And with those lifetime mortgages, there's also a question around what it's going to cost. Because it's a long-lived contract, the prices can actually be a bit higher. It can mean that households who opt for those sorts of agreements could end up paying more just because of the certainty they offer. So there's definitely good and bad in that different system. There are some uh, good and bad aspects to different sort of contracts. And with those lifetime mortgages, I think the cost that households potentially face from the increased certainty is the big risk for them. So looking at the next 12 months, how much pain do you think New Zealanders are in for? We've had a big tightening in financial conditions with higher inflation and higher interest rates. 
I think that's going to cause the economy to slow materially over the next 12 months. In fact, I'm expecting we're going to slip into recession by the end of this year. That's going to see unemployment rising to about 5%. And the impact of those job losses, it's likely to fall on certain groups, particularly younger New Zealanders or those who are less skilled. Those are groups who already tend to have lower incomes. They could face some increased financial pressures. So if you look at that recessionary impact combined with the mortgage shock and the fact that it is going to affect young New Zealanders potentially a bit more harshly than what it would older New Zealanders who have some savings in the bank, what would your message be to young New Zealanders who are maybe looking to plan for the next 12 months? We're going to be facing some tougher financial conditions. For borrowers, I think it's a good idea to get in touch with your mortgage holder or other lenders in advance to have a chat about your financial conditions if you think they're going to change. More generally, it's always good to be cautious with your income and your savings. It doesn't hurt to have a little bit of extra tucked away for those increasing financial pressures. And I think those pressures will really come to a peak this year, especially with high inflation. Inflation in New Zealand is not slowing down. It rose 1.5% in the December quarter, keeping the annual rate at 7.2%. While that's the same place where it was in September, it's still very high compared to New Zealand's recent history. Satish, what are some of the changes the country can make to avoid a future where only the rich can comfortably afford to have a roof over their head when things get really tough? Ensuring we've got a sustainably affordable housing stock is one of the big challenges our country faces. One of the things that we can look at are the financial incentives for housing investors versus owner-occupiers. We've already seen some changes on that front over the past year, such as the changes to interest rate deductibility. But one of the other big challenges, and which will take a long time to address, is housing supply. We've still had a shortfall in terms of building. We need to do a lot more work, and that's been exacerbated by the recent storms, but that could take a very long time to address, and we need the appropriate incentives to ensure that we're not just building more houses, but the right type that suit the families who are in need and that are affordable. That's going to be a pretty complex, long-lasting challenge for our economy. I suppose that balancing act is going to be even more difficult given that immigration is going to be opening up again and we have a backlog now of things that need to be rebuilt. We are going to face a lot of challenges in terms of getting our housing supply where we need it to be. Population growth is picking up. That will add to those pressures, but it will also add to our economy's productive capacity. In the very near term, though, we've also got a lot of families who are now struggling with the loss of housing in the wake of the recent storms, and they'll have some very immediate, very stressful needs that we need to address. But this has been an ongoing challenge for our country, and I suspect it'll be with us for some time yet. Sadish, what are the business confidence figures showing at the moment? They're often a very strong indication of where things are headed. Business confidence has fallen really sharply over the past year. When we've been talking to businesses, they've told us that trading conditions have been softening over recent months. We're also seeing new orders starting to turn down. Now, that's at the same time that many businesses are seeing their margins squeezed by large increases in the operating costs, and that's seeing them change their decisions. They're very focused on cash flow. They're reassessing capital expenditure. And I think that as the full brunt of those interest rate increases is felt, businesses are going to be dealing with some tougher conditions. I suppose that also bleeds into the fact that the job market is going to change in the coming months. Businesses are increasingly focused on their cost pressures right now, and as they really build, they will be looking at whether it's appropriate to take on more staff. We do expect to see that hiring is going to slow, and that'll contribute to that pickup in unemployment over the next few years. 
So if you have a decent job right now, it's a good time to be holding on to it, right? <laughs> it will really depend on how you're feeling about your job. But for many households, that certainty will be very important, especially if they're facing other financial pressures. Although the short term looks as though it might be quite difficult, what's your view in the longer term for New Zealand beyond 2024? I think we're reasonably well positioned as a country. We've got a strong agricultural base that's supporting our incomes. We've also got quite an upwardly mobile population. We tend to train, we tend to travel, we'll often come back with those skills. New Zealand's had a reasonably good standard of living over the years. We do have a number of challenges that we'll need to address. But overall, I think New Zealand is pretty well placed in the global economy. Thanks for joining us, Satish. That's it for this episode of The Front Page. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The Front Page is produced by Sean D. Wilson and Paddy Fox with executive producer Ethan Sills. I'm Damien Venuto. You can follow The Front Page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in tomorrow for another look behind the headlines.